Hi, everybody. Carla here, and welcome back to another episode of Carla Reads the Classics. I have for you today Act Two of Romeo and Juliet. Well, before the Act Two, I have the prologue. So you have the prologue and the entirety of Act Two of Romeo and Juliet. Thank you guys so much for listening here at Carla Reads the Classics. I really appreciate it. If you are so inclined, please do consider subscribing to the podcast, or if you care to leave a tip, Uh, That would also be very wonderful. I will post the ways in which you can do that in the episode details. So thanks again for listening here at Carla Reads the Classics. Please enjoy Romeo and Juliet, Act Two. Romeo and Juliet, Act Two, Prologue. Enter Chorus. Now old desire doth in his deathbed lie, and young affection gapes to be his heir. That fair for which love groaned for and would die, with tender Juliet matched, is now not fair. Now Romeo is beloved and loves again, alike bewitched by the charm of looks, but to his foe supposed he must complain, and she still loves sweet bait from fearful hooks. Being held a foe, he may not have access to breathe such vows as lovers used to swear. And she, as much in love, her means much less to meet her new beloved anywhere. But passion lends them power, time means, to meet tempering extremities with extreme sweet. And a quick recap of the very quick prologue. Some of it, I think, was covered in Act 1, Scene 5, but in any event, Uh, It basically says that Romeo, you know, he once thought that he would die for the beautiful Rosaline, but now he's, he's forgotten all about her and he loves Juliet. She loves him too, but their families are enemies. So Romeo really has no chance to see her and to say all those sweet things to her that lovers say, but they are empowered by their love and time gives them a chance to meet, which is very risky and very dangerous, but for them, it's also very wonderful. Act two, scene one. Enter Romeo alone. Romeo. Can I go forward when my heart is here? Turn back, dull earth, and find thy center out. Moves away and enter Benvolio with Mercutio. Benvolio. Romeo! My cousin Romeo! Romeo! Mercutio. He is wise and on my life hath stolen him home to bed. Benvolio. He ran this way and left this orchard wall. Call, good Mercutio. Mercutio. Nay, I'll conjure too. Romeo, humors, madman, passion, lover. Appear thou in the likeness of a sigh. Speak but one rhyme and I am satisfied. Cry but I me, pronounce but love and dove. Speak to my gossip Venus one fair word, one nickname for her purblind son and heir, young Abraham Cupid, he that shot so true, when King Cofetua loved the beggar maid. He heareth not, he stirreth not, he moveth not. The ape is dead, and I must conjure him. I conjure thee by Rosaline's bright eyes, by her high forehead and her scarlet lip, by her fine foot, straight leg and quivering thigh, and the demnesses that there adjust adjacent lie that in thy likeness thou appear to us benvolio and if he hear thee thou wilt anger him mercutio this cannot anger him twould anger him to raise a spirit in his mistress's circle of some strange nature letting it there stand till she had laid it and conjured it down 
that were some spite. My invocation is fair and honest. In his mistress's name, I conjure only but to raise him up. Benvolio. Come, he hath hid himself among these trees to be consorted with the humorous knight. Blind is his love, and best befits the dark. Mercutio. If love be blind, love cannot hit the mark. Now will he sit under a meddler tree and wish his mistress were that kind of fruit, as maids call meddlers when they laugh alone. Oh, Romeo, that she were, oh, that she were an open arse, and thou a pauper and pear. Romeo, good night, I'll to my truckle bed. This field bed is too cold for me to sleep. Come, shall we go? Benvolio. Go then, for tis in vain to seek him here that means not to be found. And now for a very quick recap of Act 2, Scene 1. The party is over, and Romeo is actually still on the Capulet property. He's hiding in an orchard, and he's asking himself, how on earth can he possibly leave while she is still in there? He is just so mad about Juliet. And at this point, Benvolio and Mercutio appear and they're looking for Romeo and they call out to him, but he doesn't answer. And Benvolio says he's not here. He went home and he went to bed. That's the sensible thing to do. And that's what he did. Mercutio says, no, he's still out here somewhere. And he tries to get Romeo to come out. And he does this monologue where he talks about Rosaline's physical attributes and says basically that these are the things that Romeo should come out for. And Benvolio was like, no, none of that is, is really nice. You know, if you, if he does come out, he's really going to be angry with you with all, all of these things that you're saying about Rosaline. And um, Mercutio says, you know, I didn't really mean any harm by any of that. And so they leave and they say that, you know, Romeo and everything that he's going through, he's he's lovesick and, you know, that is in the darkness. So let's just leave him there in the dark. And that's pretty much a recap of what happens in Act 2, Scene 1 of Romeo and Juliet. And this is Act 2, Scene 2. This is one of the most famous, if not the most famous scene in the whole play. Romeo returns. Romeo. He jests at scars that never felt a wound. Juliet appears in a window above. But soft, what light through yonder window breaks? It is the east, and Juliet is the sun. Arise, fair sun, and kill the envious moon, who is already sick and pale with grief that thou, her maid, art more fair than she. Be not her maid, since she is envious. Her vestal livery is but sick and green, and none but fools do wear it. Cast it off. It is my lady. Oh, it is my love. Oh, that she knew she were. She speaks, yet she says nothing. What of that? Her eye discourses. I will answer it. Oh, I am too bold. Tis not to me she speaks. Two of the fairest stars in all the heaven, having some business, do entreat her eyes to twinkle in their spheres till they return. What if her eyes were there, they in her head? The brightness of her cheek would shame those stars that daylight doth a lamp. Her eye in heaven would through the airy region stream so bright that birds would sing and think it were not night. See how she leans her cheek upon her hand, Oh, that I were that glove upon that hand, that I might touch that cheek. 
Oh, speak again, bright angel, for thou art as glorious to this night, being o'er my head as a winged messenger of heaven unto the white, upturned, wandering eyes of mortals that fall back to gaze on him when he bestrides the lazy, puffing clouds and sails upon the bosom of the air. Juliet. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name, or if thou wilt not, be but sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Romeo. Shall I hear more, or shall I speak at this? Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What's Montague? Is it nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man? Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title. Romeo, doff thy name, and for that name which is of no part of thee, take all myself. Romeo, I take thee at thy word. Call me but love, and I'll be new baptized. Henceforth, I never will be Romeo. Juliet. What man art that, that thus bescreened in night so stumblest on my counsel? Romeo. By a name, I know not how to tell thee who I am. My name, dear saint, is hateful to myself because it is an enemy to thee. Had I it written, I would tear the word. Juliet. My ears have not yet drunk a hundred words of that tongue's uttering, yet I know the sound. Art thou not Romeo and a Montague? Romeo. Neither, fair maid, if either thee dislike. Juliet, how camest thou hither? Tell me, and wherefore? The orchard walls are high and hard to climb, and the place death, considering who thou art, if any of my kinsmen find thee here. Romeo, with love's light wings did I o'erperch these walls, for stony limits cannot hold love out, and what love can do, that dares love attempt. Therefore thy kinsmen are no, are no stop to me. Juliet, if they do see thee, they will murder thee. Alack, Romeo, alack, there lies more peril in thine eye than twenty of their swords. Look thou but sweet, and I am proof against thine enmity. Juliet, I would not for the world that they saw thee here. Romeo, I have a knight's cloak to hide me from their eyes, and but thou love me, let them find me here. My life would be better ended by their hate than death prorogued, wanting of thy love. Juliet, by whose direction foundest thou out this place? Romeo, by love, that first did prompt me to inquire. He lent me counsel, and I lent him eyes. I am no pilot, yet wert thou as far as that vast shore washed with the farthest sea, I would adventure for such merchandise. Juliet, thou knowest the mask of night is on my face, else would a maiden blush bepaint my cheek for that which thou hast heard me speak tonight. Fain would I dwell on form, fain, fain deny what I have spoke, but farewell compliment. Dost thou love me? I know thou wilt say I, and I will take thy word. Yet if thou swearest thou mayest prove false, false, at lovers' perjuries they say, Jove laughs, O gentle Romeo, if thou dost love, pronounce it faithfully, or if thou thinks I am too quickly won, I'll frown and be perverse and say thee nay, so thou wilt woo, 
but else not for the world and truth, fair Montague, am I too fond, and therefore thou, may, thou mayest think my behavior light. But trust me, gentlemen, I'll prove more true than those that have been more coying to be strange. I should have been more strange, I must confess, but that thou overheardest ere I was where my true love's passion. Therefore pardon me, and not impute this yielding to light love, which in the dark night hath so discovered. Romeo, lady, by yonder blessed moon, I vow that tips with silver all these fruit tree tops. Juliet, oh, swear not by the moon, the inconsistent moon, that monthly changes in her circle orb, lest that thy love prove, prove likewise variable. Romeo, what shall I swear by? Juliet, do not swear at all, or if thou wilt swear, swear by thy gracious self, which is the god of my idolatry, and I'll believe thee. Romeo, if my heart's dear love, Juliet, well, do not swear, although I joy in thee. I have no joy of this contract tonight. It is too rash, too unadvised, too sudden, too like the lightning which doth cease to be air, one can say, it lightens. Sweet, good night. This but of love by summer's ripening breath may prove a beauteous flower when next we meet. Good night, good night, as sweet repose and rest come to thy heart as that within my breast. Romeo, oh, wilt thou leave me so unsatisfied? Juliet, what satisfaction canst thou have tonight? Romeo, the exchange of thy love's faithful vow for mine. Juliet, I gave thee mine before thou didst request it, and yet I would it were to give thee again. Romeo, wouldst thou withdraw it? For what purpose, love? But to be frank, and give it thee again, and yet I wish but for the thing I have. My bounty is as boundless as the sea. My love is deep. The more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. The nurse calls from within. I hear some noise within. Dear love, adieu. Anon, anon, good nurse. Sweet Montague, be true. Stay but a little. I will come again. Juliet exits. Romeo. Oh, blessed, blessed night. I am afeard being in night. All this is but a dream. Too flattering, sweet to be substantial. Juliet enters. Three words, dear Romeo, and good night indeed. If that thy bent of love be honorable, thy purpose marriage... Send me word tomorrow by one that I'll procure to come to thee, where and what time thou wilt perform the rite, and all my fortunes at thy foot I'll lay, and follow thee, my lord, throughout the world. The nurse calling from within. Madam? Juliet, I come anon. But if thou mean'st not well, I do beseech thee. The nurse, Madam? By and, Juliet, by and by I come to cease thy strife and leave me to my grief. Tomorrow I will send. Romeo, so thrive my soul. Juliet, a thousand times good night. Juliet exits. Romeo, a thousand times the worse to want thy night. Love goes toward love as schoolboys from their books, but love from love toward school with heavy looks. He moves to exit and Julio, Juliet re-enters. Hist! Romeo! Hist! Oh, for a falconer's voice to lure this tasseled gentle back again. Bondage is hoarse and may not speak aloud. 
else would I tear the cave where, where Echo lies and make her airy tongue more hoarse than mine with repetition of my Romeo. Romeo, it is my soul that calls upon my name. How silver sweet sound lovers' tongues by night like softest music to attending ears. Juliet, Romeo. Romeo, my Nias. Juliet, what o'clock tomorrow shall I send to thee? Romeo, by the hour of nine. Juliet, I will not fail. Tis twenty year till then. I have forgot why I did call thee back. Romeo, then let me stand till thou remember it. Juliet, I shall forget to have thee still stand there, remembering how I love thy company. Romeo, and I'll still stay to have thee still forget, forgetting any other home but this. Juliet, "'Tis almost morning. I would have thee gone, and yet no further than a wanton's bird that lets it hop a little from its hand, like a poor prisoner in his twisted gyves, and with a silken thread plucks it back again, so loving jealous of his liberty. Romeo, I would I were that bird. Sweet, so would I, yet I should kill thee with much cherishing. Good night, good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say good night till it be morrow. Exit Juliet. Romeo. Sleep well upon thine eyes, peace in thy breast. Would I were sleep and peace so sweet to rest. Hence will I go to my ghostly friar's close cell, his help to crave and my dear hap to tell. And that is the end of Act 2, Scene 2. Um, just for a really quick recap of this scene, uh, Romeo enters the scene and he is talking about Benvolio and Mercutio. And he says that they can only joke about love because they've never really experienced it. Now, he notices Juliet and the window above. And again, he's struck by her beauty. And he has this monologue and he says that, the moon is jealous of her light and her beauty, and he wishes that she knew just how much he loves her. And he sees that she's talking, but he can't hear. And what she's saying is that she wishes that he would deny his father and, and just forget his name. And if he can't do that, just tell her that he loves her and she'll stop being a Capulet. Uh, here's one thing that he says that I just love. He he says that there's two stars uh, in the heavens and they have to go away on business. So they ask her eyes to twinkle in their place until they get back. Uh, it's so beautiful. Anyway, she's leaning her cheek on her hand and he says he wishes that he were that glove that's on her hand. So he reveals himself and um, and says that he will forsake his name if if she will just give him her love. And she says that, she really hasn't heard him speak that much, but she would know that voice anywhere. And she tells him that he already has her love and ask him not to hold it against her that he won her so quickly. And she tells him that he's going to be killed if her people find him there, but he doesn't really care about that. So they declare their love for each other and they agree to get married. Now the nurse starts calling for Juliet and Juliet leaves, but she comes back and she tells Romeo that if he really loves her and if he really wants to marry her, that he should send word the next day saying when and where exactly they'll get married. And if he does that, she will um, lay her fortune at his feet and she'll follow him all over the world. So that's act two, scene two, and a quick recap 
I ask you to please pardon my reading flubs. I know you heard several there, but in any event, I hope they didn't distract too much from the actual message of the scene. Thank you again for listening. Please stay tuned. Act two, scene three. Enter Friar Lawrence with a basket. Friar Lawrence. The gray-eyed morn smiles on the frowning night, checkering the eastern clouds with streaks of light, and fleckled darkness like a drunkard reels from fourth day's path and tightens fiery wheels. Now, ere the sun advancing his burning eye, today to cheer and night's dank dew to dry, I must upfill this osier cage of ours with baleful weeds and precious juice-filled flowers. The earth, that's nature's mother, is her tomb. What is her burying grave that is her womb? And from her womb, children of divers kind, we sucking on her natural bosom find, many for many virtues excellent, none but for some, and yet all different. O mickle is the powerful grace that lies in herbs, plants, stones, and their true qualities, for not so vile that on earth doth live, but to the earth some special good doth give, nor aught so but good strain from us fair use, Revolts from true birth, stumbling on abuse. Virtue itself turns vice being misapplied, and vice sometime by action dignified. Enter Romeo. Within the infant rind of this small flower, poison hath residence of medicine power. For this, being smelt, with that part cheers each part. Being tasted, stays all senses with the heart. Two such opposed kings encamp them still, and man as well as herbs, grace and rude will. And where the worser is predominant, full soon the canker death eats up that plant. Romeo. Good morrow, father. Friar Lawrence. Benedicit. What early tongue so sweet saluteth me? Young son, it argues a distempered head so soon to bid good morrow to thy bed. Care keeps his watch in every old man's eye, and where care lodges, sleep will never lie. But where unbruised youth and unstuffed brain doth couch his limbs, there golden sleep doth reign. Therefore thy earliness doth me assure thou art uproused by some distemperature. Or, if not so, then here I hit it right. Our Romeo hath not been in bed tonight. Romeo. That last is true. The sweeter rest was mine. Friar Lawrence. God pardon sin. Was thou with Rosaline? Romeo. With Rosaline, my ghostly father, no. I have forgot that name, and that name's woe. Friar Lawrence. That's my good son. But where hast thou been, then? Romeo. I tell thee, ere thou ask it me again, I have been feasting with mine enemy, where on a sudden one hath wounded me, that's by me wounded. Both are remedies within thy help and holy psychic lies. I bear no hatred, blessed man, for lo, my intercession likewise steads my foe. Friar Lawrence, be plain, good son, and homely in thy drift. Riddling confession finds but riddling shift. Then plainly, Romeo, then plainly know my heart's dear love is set on the fair daughter of rich Capulet, as mine on her, so hers is set on mine, and all combined, save what thou must combine, by holy marriage, when we were, when and where and how we met, we wooed and made exchange of vow. I'll take thee as past, but this I pray, that thou consent to marry us today. Friar Lawrence, 
Holy St. Francis, what a charge, what a change is here. And Rosaline, who, whom thou did love so dear, so soon forsaken, young men love, young men's love then lies not truly in their hearts, but in their eyes. Jesu Maria, what a deal of brine hath washed thy sallow cheeks for Rosaline. How much salt water thrown away in waste to season love that of it doth not haste. The sun not yet thy sighs from heaven clears. Thy old groans ring yet in my ancient ears. Lo, here upon thy cheek the stain doth sit of an old tear that is not washed off yet. If e'er thou wast thyself in these woe thine, thou in these woes were all for Rosaline. And thou art changed? Pronounce this sentence then. Woman may fall when there's no strength in men. Romeo, thou chidest me off for loving Rosaline. Friar Lawrence, for doting, not for loving pupil mine. Romeo, and badest me bury love. Friar Lawrence, to lay one in, another out, not in grave, to lay one in, another out to have. Romeo, I pray thee, chide not, her I love now, doth grace for grace and love for love allow. The other did not so. Friar Lawrence, oh, she well knew thy love did read by rote that could not spell. But come, young waverer, come, go with me. In one respect, I'll thy assistant be. For this alliance may so happy prove to turn your household's rancor to pure love. Romeo, oh, let us hence, I stand on sudden haste. Friar Lawrence, wisely and slow, they stumble that run fast. And a quick recap of Act 2, Scene 3 of Romeo and Juliet. It starts with Friar Lawrence, who is out with his basket. He's picking flowers and medicinal weeds. And he talks about how the plants and animals come from the earth and how the earth provides many different forms of nourishment and how nature, uh, how everything that nature uh, has created has some special property and and how anything can turn bad if it's abused, even these natural things that the earth has created for us. And he even says that vice can become virtue if it's used through proper activities and, and uh, things that are virtuous can also turn bad by the same means. So Romeo enters and Friar Lawrence says, hey, you're a young man. You should be asleep. You know, you don't have much on your mind as a young man. These should be good sleeping hours for a young man. And he says, either you have something on your mind or you haven't been to sleep. And Romeo says, well, I have not been to sleep. And Friar Lawrence says, well, where have you been? And he says, I was at Capulet's all night. Um, and he says, uh, why were you there? And he says that he is in love with Juliet. And Friar Lawrence says, well, wait a minute. I, I thought you loved Rosaline. And uh, Romeo says, well, I did, but she didn't love me back. But Juliet, she loves me and I love her. And we want you to marry us. Friar Lawrence goes back and forth with it a little bit. And he chastises Romeo for changing his love interest so quickly. Uh, but he eventually says that he thinks it's a good idea and that he uh, and he agrees to marry them, thinking that it might put an end to the hatred that their families have for one another. And that's it for Act 2, Scene 3 of Romeo and Juliet. Act 2, Scene 4. Enter Benvolio and Mercutio. Mercutio. Where the devil should this Romeo be? Came he not home tonight? Benvolio, not to his father's. I spoke with his man. Mercutio, 
Why, that same pale, hard-hearted wench that Rosaline torments him so, that he will sure run mad. Benvolio. Tybalt, the kinsman to old Capulet, hath sent a letter to his father's house. Mercutio. A challenge on my life. Benvolio. Romeo will answer it. Mercutio. Any man that can write may answer a letter. Benvolio. Nigh, he will answer the letter's master, how he dares being dared. Mercutio. Alas, poor Romeo, he is already dead, stabbed with a white wench's black eye, shot through the ear with a love song, the very pen of his heart cleft with the wind bow boy's butt shaft, and he is a man to encounter Tybalt? Benvolio. Why, what is Tybalt? Mercutio. More than Prince of Cats. Oh, he's the courageous captain of compliments. He fights as you sing prick song, keeps time, distance, and proportion. He rests, minim rests, one, two, and the third in your bosom. The very butcher of a silk button, a duelist, a duelist, a gentleman of the very first house of the first and second cause. Ah, the immortal Pesado de Punto Reverso, the eye. Benvolio. The what? Mercutio, the pox of such antic lisping affecting phantasmons, these new tuners' accents, by Jesu, a very good blade, a very tall man, a very good whore. Why, is this not a lamentable thing, Grandsure, that we should thus be afflicted with these strange flies, these fashion mongers, these pardon me's who stand so much on the new form that they cannot sit at ease on the old bench? Oh, their bones, their bones! Enter Romeo. Benvolio. Here comes Romeo. Here comes Romeo. Mercutio. Without his row, like a dried herring. Oh, flesh, flesh, how art thou fishified? Now is he for the numbers that Petrarch flowed in. Laura to his lady, but a kitchen wench, Mary. She had a better love to behrime her. Ditto a rowdy Cleopatra, a gypsy, Helen and Hero, hidings and harlots. This be a gray eye or so, but not to the purpose. Signor Romeo, bonjour. There's a French salutation to your French slop. You gave us the counterfeit fairly last night. Romeo, good morrow to you both. What counterfeit did I give you? Mercutio, the slip, sir, the slip. Can you not conceive? Romeo, pardon, good Mer Mercutio. My business was great, and in such a case as mine, a man may strain courtesy. Mercutio, that's as much as to say, such a case as yours constrains a man to bow in the hams. Romeo, meaning to curtsy? Mercutio, thou hast most kindly hit it. Romeo, a most courteous exposition. Mercutio, nay, I am the very pink of courtesy. Romeo, pink for flower. Mercutio, right. Romeo, why then is my pump well flowered? Mercutio, sure wit, follow me this jest now till thou hast worn out thy pump. Then when the single soul of it is worn, the jest may remain after the wearing solely singular. Romeo, oh, single soul jest, solely singular for the singleness. Mercutio, come between us, good, ben good Benvolio, my wit faints. Romeo, switch and spurs, switch and spurs, or I'll cry a match. Mercutio, nay, if our wits run the wild goose chase, I am done, for thou hast more of the wild goose and one of thy wits than I am sure. I have in my whole five. 
Was I with you there for the goose? Romeo, thou wast never with me for anything when thou wast not there for the goose. Mercutio, I will bite thee by the ear for that jest. Romeo, nay, good goose, bite not. Mercutio, thy wit is a very bitter sweeting. It is a most sharp sauce. Romeo, and it is not well served, and is it not well served into a sweet goose? Mercutio, oh, here is a wit of Cheverel that stretches from an inch narrow to an L broad. Romeo, I stretch it out for the word broad, which added to the goose, proves thee far and wide a broad goose. Mercutio, why, is this not better now than groaning for love? Now art thou sociable, now art thou Romeo, now art thou what is like a great natural that runs lolling up and down to hide his bauble in a hole. Benvolio, stop there, stop there. Mercutio, thou desirest me to stop in my tail against the hare? Benvolio, thou wouldst else have made thy tail large. Mercutio, oh, thou art deceived. I would have made it short, for I was come to the whole depth of my tail and meant indeed to occupy the argument no longer. Enter nurse and her man, Peter. Romeo, here's goodly gear. Benvolio, a sail, a sail. Mercutio, two, two, a shirt and a smock. Nurse, Peter. Peter, anon. Nurse, my fan, Peter. Mercutio, good Peter to hide her face for her fans the fairer face. Nurse, good ye, good moral gentleman. Mercutio, good ye, good e'en, fair gentlewoman. Nurse, is it good e'en? Mercutio, tis no less, I tell you, for the bawdy hand of the dial is now up the prick of noon. Nurse, out upon you, what a man are you? Mercutio, one gentlewoman that God hath made himself to mar. Nurse, by my troth it is well said, for himself to mar, quoth he. Gentlemen, can any of you tell me where I may find the young Romeo? Romeo, I can tell you, but young Romeo will be older when you have found him than he was when you sought him. I am the youngest of that name, for fault of a worse. Nurse, you say well. Mercutio, yes, is the worst well? Very well took, I faith wisely, wisely. Nurse, if you be he, sir, I desire some confidence with you. Benvolio, she will indict him to some supper. Mercutio, abode, abode, so ho. Romeo, what hast thou found? Mercutio. No hair, sir, unless a hair, sir, in a Lenten pie, that is something stale, and or ere it be spent. He sings, an old hair whore, an old hair whore, is very good meat in Lent, but a hair that is whore is too much for a score, when it whore ere it be spent. He speaks, Romeo, will you come to your father's? Will to dinner, thither. Romeo, I will follow you. Mercutio, farewell, ancient lady. Farewell, lady, lady, lady. Mercutio and Benvolio exit. Nurse. I pray you, sir, what saucy merchant was that this was so full of his ropery? Romeo. A gentleman, nurse, that loves to hear himself talk and will speak more in a minute than he will stand to in a month. Nurse. And he speaks anything against me. I'll take him down, and he were lustier than he is, and twenty such jacks, and if I cannot, I'll find, I'll find those who shall. 
scurvy knave. I am none of his flirt gills. I am one of his, I am one of his skeins mates to Peter, she says, and thou must stand by too and suffer every knave to use me at his pleasure. Peter, I saw no man use you at his pleasure. If I had, my weapon should quickly have been out. I warrant you, I dare draw as soon as another man if I see occasion and a good quarrel and the law is on my side. Nurse, now, afore God, I am so vexed that every part about me quivers, scurvy knave, to Romeo. Pray you, sir, a word, as I told you. My young lady bid me inquire you out. What she bade me say, I will keep to myself. But first, let me tell ye, if ye should lead her into a fool's paradise, as they say, it were a very gross kind of behavior, as they say. For the gentlewoman is young, and therefore, if you should deal double with her, truly it were an ill thing to be offered to any gentlewoman and very weak dealing. Romeo. Nurse, commend me to thy lady and mistress. I protest unto thee. Nurse, good heart and thy faith. I will tell her as much. Lord, Lord, she will be a she will be a joyful woman. Romeo, what wilt thou tell her, nurse? Thou dost not mark me. Nurse, I will tell her, sir, that you do protest, which, as I take it, is a gentlemanlike offer. Romeo, bid her devise some means to come and shrip this afternoon, and there she shall at Friar Lawrence's cell be shrived and married. He gives her some coins. Here is for thy pains, nurse. No, truly, sir, not a penny. Romeo, go to, I say you shall. Nurse, this afternoon, sir, well, she shall be there. Romeo, and stay, good nurse, behind the abbey wall. Within this hour my man shall be with thee, and bring thee cords made like a tackled stair, much to the high-top gallant of my joy, must be my convoy in the secret night. Farewell, be trusty, and I'll quit thy pains. Farewell, commend me to thy mistress. Nurse, now good in heaven bless thee. Hark you, sir. Romeo, what sayest thou, my dear nurse? Nurse, is your man secret? Did you ne'er hear say, two may keep counsel, putting one away? Romeo, warrant thee, my man's as true as steel. Nurse, well, sir, my mistress is the sweetest lady. Lord, Lord, when twas a little prattling thing, oh, there is a nobleman in town, one Paris that would fain lay knife a, would lay knife aboard, but she, good soul, had a leaf see a toad, a very toad, as see him. I anger her sometimes and tell her that Paris is the properer man, but I'll warrant you when I say so. She looks as pale as any clout in the versal world. Doth not Rosemary and Romeo begin both with a letter? Romeo, ay, nurse, what of that? Both with an R. Nurse, ah, mocker, that's the dog's name. R is for the, no, I know, it begins with some other letter, and she hath the prettiest sentious of it, of you and Rosemary, that it would do you good to hear it. Romeo, commend me to thy lady. Nurse, ay, a thousand times. Peter, Peter, anon, nurse, before, before and apace, and they exit. And that's the end of Act 2, Scene 4. A quick recap of Act 2, Scene 4. 
Benvolio and Mercutio, they still haven't found Romeo. In the meantime, Tybalt has sent a letter to Romeo's house saying that he wants to have a sword fight with him. And Mercutio says that Tybalt takes his sword fighting really seriously. He tells Mercutio that everything Tybalt does with his sword is very measured. He doesn't make any mistakes, that he's very skilled with his sword. And Romeo shows up and they notice that he's no longer brooding over Rosaline. And the nurse then shows up and she wants to meet with with Romeo. She's there to meet with Romeo to give him a message. But before she can do that, Mercutio kind of teases her and he thinks she's very unattractive and he teases her and he tells her a dirty joke. But Romeo manages to get her away to give her the message Uh, that he wants to send to Juliet. And that message is that she should come to Friar Lawrence's church and that's where they will be married. And now on to act two, scene five. Enter Juliet. Juliet. The clock struck nine when I did send the nurse. In half an hour, she promised to return. Perchance she cannot meet him. That's not so. Oh, she is lame. Love's heralds should be thoughts which ten times faster glide than the sun's beams driving back shadows over luring hills. Therefore do nimble pinion doves draw love, and therefore hath the windship cupid wings. Now is the sun upon the highmost hill of this day's journey, and from nine till twelve is three long hours, yet she is not come. Had she affections and warm youthful blood, she would be as swift in motion as a ball. My words would bandy her to my sweet love and his to me. But old folks, many fain as they were dead, unwieldy, slow, heavy, and pale as lead. Enter nurse and Peter. Oh, God, she comes. Oh, honey, nurse, what news? Hast thou met with him? Send thy man away. Nurse. Peter, stay at the gate. Peter exits. Juliet. Now, good sweet nurse, O oh Lord, why looks thou sad? Though news be sad, yet tell them merrily. If good, thou shamest the music of sweet news by playing it to me with so sour a face. Nurse, I am a-weary. Give me a while. Fee, how my bones ache. What a jaunt have I. Juliet. I would thou hadst my bones, and th- and I thy news. Nay, come, I pray thee, speak, good nurse, speak. Nurse, Hesu, what haste? Can you not stay a while? Do you not see that I am out of breath? Juliet, how art thou out of breath when thou hast breath to say to me that thou art out of breath? The excuse that thou dost make in this delay is longer than the tale thou dost excuse. Is thy news good or bad? Answer to that. Say either, and I'll say the circumstance. Let me be satisfied. Is it good or bad? Nurse. Well, you have made a simple choice. You know not how to choose a man. Romeo. No, not he, though his face be better than any man's, yet his legs excels all man's, and for a hand and a foot and a body, though they be not talked on, yet they are past compare. He is not the flower of courtesy, but I'll warrant him as gentle as a lamb. Go thy ways, wench, serve God. What, have you dined at home? Juliet. No, no, but all this I did I did know before. What says he of our marriage? What of that? Nurse. Lord, how my head aches. What a head I have. It beats as if it would fall, it, it would fall into twenty pieces. My back's at the other side. Ah, my back, my back. 
beshrew your heart for sending me about to catch my breath with jaunting up and down. Juliet, I, Faith, I am sorry that thou art not well. Sweet, sweet, sweet nurse, tell me what says my love. Nurse, your love says, like an honest gentleman and a courteous and a kind and a handsome and I warrant a virtuous. Where is your mother? Juliet, where is my mother? Why, she is within. Where should she be? How oddly thou'st reply. Your love says, like an honest gentleman, where is your mother? Nurse, oh, good lady, dear, are you so hot? Mary, come up, I trow. Is this the poultice for my aching bones? Henceforward do your messages yourself. Juliet, here's such a coil. Come, what says Romeo? Nurse, have you got leave to go to shrift today? Juliet, I have. Nurse, then he you hence to Friar Lawrence's cell. There stays a husband to make you a wife. Now comes the wanton blood up in your cheeks. They'll be in scarlet straight at any news. He you to church. I must another way to fetch a ladder by which your love must climb a bird's nest soon when it's dark. I am the drudge and toil in your delight, but you shall build, but you shall bear the burden soon at night. Go, I'll to dinner. He you to the cell. Juliet. He to high fortune, honest nurse. Farewell. And that is the end of Act 2, Scene 5. And for a very quick recap uh, of what we just heard there, Juliet is waiting for the nurse to bring her Romeo's message. And the nurse acts like she's in such pain and she just can't tell Juliet anything while she's in pain. And Juliet is very, very impatient uh, to get this news, to get this message from Romeo. So eventually the nurse stops her whining about her aches and pains and she gives the message to Juliet uh, from Romeo that Juliet should go to Friar Lawrence's place to meet Romeo and there they can get married. And the nurse says that she will get a ladder for Romeo so that he can, so that the couple, you know, he can climb up to her window so that they can spend their wedding night together. And being the earthy character that she is, her description of Romeo climbing the ladder into Juliet's bird nest, uh, she turns that into kind of a suggestive image about what the couple will be up to during their wedding night. So that's it for Act Two, Scene Five. Act Two, Scene Six. Enter Friar Lawrence and Romeo. Friar Lawrence, so smile the heavens upon this holy act that after hours with sorrow chide us not. Romeo, amen, amen, but come what sorrow can, it cannot countervail the exchange of joy that one short minute gives me in her sight. Do thou but close our hands with holy words, then love devouring death, do what he dare. It is enough I may call her but mine. Friar Lawrence, these violent delights have violent ends and in their triumph die like fire and powder, which, as they kiss, consume. The sweetest honey is loathsome in its own deliciousness and in the taste confounds the appetite. Therefore, love moderately. Long love doth so. Too swift arrives as tardy as too slow. Enter Juliet somewhat fast and embraceth Romeo. Here comes the lady, oh, so light of foot will ne'er wear out the everlasting flint. A lover may bestride the gossamers that idles in the wanton summer air, and yet not fall. So light is vanity. Juliet, 
good even to my ghostly confessor. Friar Lawrence, Romeo shall thank thee, daughter, for both of us. Juliet, as much to him, else is his thanks too much. Romeo, ah, Juliet, if the measure of thy joy be heaped like mine, and that thy skill be more to blazon it, than sweeten with thy breath this neighbor air, and let rich music's tongue unfold the imagined happiness that both receive in either by this dear encounter. Juliet, conceit, more rich in matter than in words, brags of his substance, not of ornament, they are but beggars that cannot count their worth, but my true love is grown to such excess I cannot sum up some of half my wealth. Friar Lawrence, come, come with me, and we will make short work, for by your leaves ye shall not be left alone, till holy church incorporate two into one. And that is the end of Act 2, Scene 6. It is actually the end of Act 2, but for a very quick recap of what we just heard in Act 2, Scene 6, uh, Romeo is at is in Friar Lawrence's room with him, and Romeo is very eager, and he's, he's very excited, and Friar Lawrence tells him to cool it a bit because marriage is something that's for the long term, and he warns him that violent delights or these sudden joys uh, can have violent ends kind of foreshadowing here. And Juliet comes in rather hurriedly and they're very excited to be together, ignoring that Friar Lawrence is even there. They're very, very excited to be together. So Friar Lawrence takes them to the church to marry them because he says they can't be left alone until they're married, seeing as how they're so um, eager for one another. So that's a quick recap of what we just heard in Act 2, Scene 6, and that sums up the entirety of Act 2 of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have to ask you again to please pardon my reading flubs. Uh, some of this is a bit tongue-twisting, but uh, it's very, very enjoyable to read, but there are a few reading flubs here or there. So thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Until next time. <laughs>